She heard their rattling before she saw them, their scaled skin and diamond-shaped heads emerging from the darkness, crawling down the ceiling, pouring from under the door before slithering their way onto her bed. They wound themselves around her legs, her arms, draped themselves across her belly. The low hissing filled the room. It gnawed at her, chewed at the last edges of her sanity, and she began to shriek, but the hissing only grew louder. Beneath, by Christy Demeester. Welcome to Books in the Freezer, a podcast focusing on the deliciously disturbing world of horror fiction. I'm one of your hosts, Stephanie. And I'm your other host, Rachel. Happy New Year's, everyone. Before we kick off a new year in reading, we want to look back on the hits and the misses of 2017. Today, we are rounding up our favorite horror stories of the year in this recommendations-packed episode of Books in the Freezer. So yes, we are sharing our favorite books of the year, and I personally love these lists. I get so many recommendations from them. How about you, Stephanie? Oh, for sure. I live for like the December, January, best of, worst of time. (laughs) Some people are excited for Christmas and all that, but for me, it's all about waiting for all the best of lists to come out and the worst. I think you always do like a worst list on your YouTube channel too, which is so much fun. So I think it's nice to point out in this episode that while we're recommending books in every single episode, it's not like every book we talk about is necessarily our personal favorite, which is why an episode like this is so great. So I don't know if you remember back when we were planning our very first episode, and I remember you messaging me and saying, how about we do haunted houses? And my response was, but I don't like haunted houses. And that's going to happen when we do topics. Like, it's going to be something that the other person knows a lot about or enjoys and the other person's like cool this is not not my thing like we have an upcoming episode where that is the case where it's not something I enjoy reading (laughs) but Rachel's read a few of them and I think she enjoys the genre yes I think that'll just happen exactly. It's not like either of us like hate a particular topic. We're pretty easygoing readers. Yeah. But you always are going to find topics that one person likes a little bit more than the other or, you know, just our personal favorites. Like there's some genres that I enjoy and there's some that I have a really good feeling that I'm going to love a book just because it's on a particular topic. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, would you say our reading tastes are pretty similar when it comes to horror? I think so. Well, first of all, we're both okay with body horror. Yes. You, because of the way because of the other stuff you read, I think you're more okay if a horror book kind of starts to go into more of the fantasy realm than I am. Like you're more okay with that. I know I am very okay with like a slow burn book. And I don't know how you feel about ambiguous endings, but I am like very okay with a dark, depressing or ambiguous ending. I think you are too, actually. Yeah, ambiguous endings I'm pretty good with, but I'll admit the slow burn, that's my polite way of calling a book boring usually. And that's just me. I admit it's I'm such a genre reader that as soon as anything starts getting literary, my mind just starts wandering away i'm like all about that though i'm like this book like really got into like so many things but i think even with that i think we both hold books to kind of a higher literary standard even if we're big genre readers oh definitely and that's the thing with horror like i just find that 
more than any other genre, I feel like it's so, so personal that it makes it really hard for me to just recommend one horror book to everyone. Like, I actually don't have that Swiss Army book recommendation saying, if you want to try horror, everyone should read this one book, just because it really depends. Like, for me, and we'll get into it, like, I love, like, possession stories, things like that. But I know if you don't maybe come from, like, that Catholic background or just not something that you really get into then it's probably not going to be a five-star read for you yeah i think people just really have to identify what kinds of horror scare them like what kind of things in real life are terrifying or maybe going back to our non-fiction episode and then finding that in fiction is a really good way to go because i admit like i'm terrified terrified of open water so i've been really on the hunt for some good deep sea dives and you know looking at books that are set in the ocean because of that mm -hmm. No, I, I agree. And yeah, fear is such a personal and intimate thing. And it's different for everyone. Do you think your horror reading changed this year, though, compared to other years? Absolutely. And I think this podcast is definitely to blame. Or <laughs> is You know, the reason for that, which is great. Partway through the year, I just found myself diving more and more into horror. I've never read as much horror as I've read this year. And a lot has to do with the book. I'll talk about it a little bit later in the episode. But I read a psychological thriller that had some elements of horror. And I just loved it. And that was after a while of me getting more and more tired of the same old psychological thriller since the Gone Girl phenomenon. Mm -hmm. The world has exploded with yeah, it yeah. and I just found myself getting a little bit bored with what has always been my favorite genre and I've just started reading darker and darker and so I read so many this year and it's just been so much fun and on the flip side not just talking reading but when it comes to watching horror you personally are the reason <laughs> that I started doing that which has been awesome because I've always liked watching creepy shows things like that but my husband could not care less and I always maybe felt a little bit silly just like watching something by myself so instead we'd watch you know the office together here's our plug for the office oh, mandatory plug <laughs> it's gonna happen guys I'm sorry but not sorry <laughs> but because I have Stephanie now I had someone to actually talk about The Exorcist which I love this year and so many other shows and movies so it's just so nice to have someone online who actually watches and enjoys the same kinds of creepy shows that I love, but again, just never watched because I had no one to talk about them with. I feel the same way. Well, with my son, you know, I can only watch stuff during nap time. So I felt like a weirdo popping in like a horror movie every day at like 2 p.m. So it's been really nice to have you to talk about it with instead of me being the weirdo, you know, folding my laundry in the afternoon to a horror movie. Seriously, I've said it before, but you are like my mom goals. Like I want to be that mom who watches horror movies during my child's nap time. Like you don't know how much that makes me happy to hear someone doing that. As you were saying, I have also read more horror this year than ever because at the beginning of last year, I think in our bookish communities, we have, you know, like bookish resolutions that everyone tries to stick to and I basically told myself that I was gonna allow myself to follow my bliss I wasn't gonna try to read all the literary darlings that were coming out that everyone else was talking about and I was just gonna read what I wanted to read if something wasn't grabbing my attention I gave myself permission to just set it aside and take it off my list and just never think about it again and it was great and I just read overall more than I had ever read and I let myself go down rabbit holes like we'll talk about later. I started reading a particular subgenre of horror and I read like five or six books <laughs> in that genre and it was great. So yeah, I thought I had a great reading year. 
That is so great. And you're pretty okay with DNFing books, right? Definitely. I mean, this year, I, I just like officially gave myself permission. And I love, if I'm not loving a book, just going on Goodreads and saying, like, remove this book from my shelves. It's like a freeing experience. I was going to say the same thing. It's the best experience just saying, I'm just letting this go and reading something I actually want mm-hmm. to. But I've got to ask, what is the subgenre that you got into? Vampires. I started it as a little side project because I had a, a video I wanted to do and I realized I hadn't read that many vampire books. So I just started reading a lot more. And I didn't know how I was going to feel about them because Dracula was one of my favorite books in high school. And then, you know, Twilight happened and just kind of ruined vampires for everyone for a while. Yeah, and it's Yeah, true. and then I was like, no, you know what? Vampires are freaking awesome. And I am going to read all these vampire books that are amazing. So, like, let the right one in and interview with the vampire. And uh, it was just so fun. And I'm really looking forward to diving into another rabbit hole sometime in 2018 just got to find out what it is (laughs) what about you did you get into any little subgenres too for me it was all about short stories i became obsessed with horror short stories and it was funny because before this year i didn't actually think i liked short stories i had read a few collections but they were all literary and i just said that i'm not a literary reader so for me it was just synonymous with if it's a short story it must be literary but it actually started with a real life friend of mine who does a bit of writing himself said that he was writing some horror short stories and asked if i'd check them out and they were really fun and then i ended up picking up some more regularly published short stories and I just love them and for me there's a couple different reasons that I've become obsessed with short fiction. First I just think it's easier to maintain suspense in a shorter number of pages because if you're going to write 500 plus page book it's really hard to keep me on the edge of my seat the whole time so if you're going to have a little short book it's or a short story it's easier to have that big punch and to have that climax and you also avoid needing to have the obligatory building of suspense like they always start with the normalcy of day-to-day life and then horror stories slowly build over time and again apparently I I'm, I can't handle anything slow because I just I like going to the good parts and to me that's <laughs> yeah. what short stories are is they just they start at the climax and they skip all the fluff before when it's still not that scary I think that's really what it comes down to it is it's just if you want like a quick punch in the gut like my opinion is read a short story because that is the way to go I just love so many this year oh, I agree I mean I've been starting to read them but I, I really enjoy how quickly they get to the point and I'm like oh we're already in the action oh wow this is happening I agree now when it comes to picking up favorites for this episode was it easy to do or were you changing your mind a lot I changed my mind quite a bit there was I think I had like my handful of books that just were real standouts but just I don't know numbering them or saying like this is the one this is the one that was like my favorite it was really difficult did you find the same thing exact same thing I looked back and I read a bunch of fantastic books but not the star ratings or everything but a lot of them ended up at that four star level and normally I'm used to having those couple of like five star books that really stood out among the rest but I was so indecisive and I'm someone who's indecisive in general like I will sit at a restaurant and change my mind five times while my husband orders but it was it was tricky especially we'll get into it with short stories I was so conflicted I ended up rereading four different (laughs) short stories before we recorded this episode (laughs) because I could not decide and I was like I wonder if Stephanie will let me pick 
four favorites. (laughs) But I decided that I had to be a grown up and actually make a choice there. You could have picked four, Rachel. It's okay. Oh, well, now now we're changing the whole episode. That's it. (laughs) So what was your favorite book that was released this year, 2017? That was actually one of my easier picks. And that is Beneath by Christy Demeester, which was the quote at the beginning of the episode. So creepy. It came out in February. So creepy. And I didn't read it till November, so quite recently, but I really liked it. It's just as creepy as that quote gives you a really good idea of what you're getting yourself into. So this novel is about a reporter named Cora who's assigned to cover a story about an evangelical snake handling church. Mm -hmm. And at first she's reluctant to go to the church because as a child she was sexually abused by a pastor in her own community and has since turned away from organized religion. Mm -hmm. However, she begrudgingly agrees to the assignment and begins the investigation into the secrets lurking in this church. And the story is told from a few different perspectives, one of them being the pastor of the snake handling church who has some terrible lustful thoughts for a young teenage girl who is about to be initiated into the church. Yeah, so there's some tough stuff in here. And this young girl is just about to perform her first snake handling experience. But things go wrong when the young girl is bitten by one of the snakes. And what transpires is this crazy supernatural story about desires and ancient slithering creatures that begin to awake and oh I just loved it if you find snakes creepy at all this would be a great one to pick up in terms of rating I would put this one in the fridge easily for me the creepiest scenes involve the snakes that scene that I picked out for a quote was just made my skin crawl I just got the little heebie-jeebies and I'm not someone who's like straight up scared of snakes but I do find them creepy the way they slither around there's just something a little bit eerie about them and this book has some really dark scenes Um, as you can tell just from my little brief synopsis that this book does deal heavily with sexual abuse and those scenes are obviously very disturbing so just going to give a huge trigger warning that if that is not a topic you are comfortable reading about you might want to stay away but if it's something you can handle this book was incredible. First, it was told from a female perspective and it dealt so much with themes of sexuality and lust and motherhood and all these really interesting topics that were handled in such a sensitive way. Even there's an element of sexual horror within this story. The fact is the snakes are at times thematically or otherwise used as phallic objects on the page. It's just weird and disturbing which basically ticks all of my Rachel boxes (laughs) if I'm honest. And this book has nasty characters. If you need likable characters this one may not be for you. The fact that one of the perspectives is from the lustful pastor is really a gutsy move on the part of the author because not everyone wants to read and see what's going on inside that guy's brain. So this book was challenging. It was cutthroat. The writing was fantastic. She's a really strong writer and it's just hard to almost articulate but something about Demeester's writing I just connected with so much. There was just such a dark creativity that went into this story and I just loved it. So again, that is Beneath by Christy Demeester, and I highly, highly recommend it. I hope you'll read it next year. Do you think you'll maybe check yeah, it out? it sounds crazy. And I really liked that quote at the beginning. It gave me like the heebie-jeebies just looking at it. So I can imagine a whole book of that. Yeah, she's definitely an author I want to check out this next year. Oh, I hope you do. And so what was your favorite 2017 release? 
Mine was Little Heaven by Nick Cutter. Yay, Yay, Nick Cutter. So in this book, there's a trio of mismatched mercenaries who are hired by a young woman for just one simple task. Just go check in on her nephew who may have been taken against his will to a remote New Mexico backwoods settlement called Little Heaven. But shortly after they arrive, things begin to turn ominous. Their stirrings in the woods, paranoia and distrust grips the settlement. Yeah, Stephanie, buzzwords right there. The escape routes are gradually cut off as events spiral towards madness. Hell, or the closest thing to it, invades Little Heaven. The remaining occupants are forced to take a stand and fight back, but whatever has cast its dark eye on Little Heaven is now marshalling its powers, and it wants them all. I really enjoyed this book and I feel like it's really different from other stuff that Nick Cutter has written just in tone because it is a little bit more of a Western, which was different. But as I read it, it does have some of his trademark stuff that he does so well, which I think is people being kind of trapped to a location. So in this case, they go to this backwoods settlement this like religious cult in like the backwoods of New Mexico and they end up being like trapped there and as I read in the synopsis as they get trapped there starts to be distrust and people turning on each other oh no wonder this ended up being your favorite so breakdown of a group of people of course but something that was really interesting is actual horror book about cults which I don't think is something I've read too much of so this cult if you read it very heavily influenced by Jonestown and Even the physical description of the cult leader is basically Jim Jones. Like I said, this had the feel of a Western just with the mercenaries and they're so gruff. And one of the mercenaries is a woman, which I really loved. I loved her character. She was just this like badass. And it just had a good gritty feel to it, which was just really interesting for him. But I thought he did it really well. Oh, that sounds so good. I did not know there was a Western feel to it. Yes. That sounds fun. I totally missed that in the blurb before. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, so it does play around with like time a little bit, like you're in the present, and then I think the story of them going to the backwoods is like in the past. It was just really, really well done. This was actually the first Nick Cutter book I ever read, and I was just really impressed by it. So that is Little Heaven by Nick Cutter, and that came out in January, so it's it's been a while since it came out. I feel like that was a sleeper of the year. I remember when it got released and it just felt like the release was a little bit quiet. A lot of people I found were talking about Nick Cutter on social media mm-hmm. this year. But for the most part, I felt like they were talking about his backlist books, like The Deep and The Troop got a lot of love. Yeah. But I just didn't hear much about it. And I don't think I've ever read a horror Western. So yeah. that could also check some Rachel boxes oh. because I really enjoy Westerns. Oh, for sure. And if you're doing the Book Riot Read Harder Challenge, I'm sure it could count as a Western. Just saying. Ooh, that's a good idea. Now, in terms of scariness, how would you rate that one? I would put it in the fridge. There's some creepy parts in it, and Nick Cutter does the whole breakdown of the group dynamic well, that feeling of paranoia and distrust and just the lack of control with everything that comes with the cult. I think he hits all those marks with this. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. So switching to some backlist reading, which, if you aren't familiar with the term, refers to books published before 2017. I picked Come Closer by Sarah Grand, which, again, I loved. This is a story about a young woman named Amanda who has a seemingly normal life. She is happily married, she has a good career, and is generally happy and well-adjusted until one day she realizes that something is not quite right in her life. 
At first, it's just the little things, weird sounds in her apartment. She starts to find some vulgar notes in her own handwriting, and then she starts having strange dreams, and the situation slowly gets worse and worse, and she starts finding herself having strange urges and just really bad ideas that just keep popping into her head as she starts to almost hear another voice. And slowly what this book is leading towards is that she begins to wonder, is she going crazy or is she possibly possessed by a demon? And I love a good possession story. So this was right up my alley. And what I like so much about it is the fact that it's told from that first person perspective. I think it's pretty unique for possession story to be told from the perspective of the person who may or may not be possessed. And it's just fantastic. In general, I love possession stories. Again, that Catholic upbringing, all of that. Those kind of books just have a really good chance of being a favorite because of the subgenre. I'm all for a good old exorcism happening. And I like that this book was so much grounded in reality. For a book like this, I'm surprised how much I liked it because I mentioned I don't tend to like slower, quieter stories, but this one just worked really well for me. In terms of rating, I would put in the fridge. It's very much a psychological horror. I think this is perfect for people like myself who come from reading psychological thrillers but are looking for something more intense. You really get to be inside of her head, which is a very terrifying experience because I really felt the same feeling she was of going, is this normal? Am I crazy? I know really personal story and I loved it. It was just almost the sleeper of the year. It was a story that I thought about and I enjoyed and it just kind of always stuck in the back of my head. It's one I want to reread and I just feel like it's a little bit underhyped. I'd never heard a lot of people talk about it. So that's my pick for backlist for sure is Come Closer by Sarah Grand. Oh, wow. That sounds awesome. You're the only person I've ever heard talk about this. I know. Where are the other people (laughs) talking about this? It's so good. Yeah, it sounds really good. I love that it's that first person. It's almost like that self-aware, unreliable narrator. And I love that. I love that done in fiction. That sounds awesome. Yeah. If you enjoy that, then I think you will adore this book. It was just brilliant. I thought it was so well done. And my backlist pick was a recommendation from Rachel, and it is Hex by Thomas Old Hovelt. So the synopsis is that Black Spring is a seemingly picturesque Hudson Valley town haunted by the Black Rock Witch, a 17th century woman whose eyes and mouth are sewn shut. Muzzled, she walks in the streets, she enters the people's homes at will, she stands next to their bed for nights on end, and everyone knows her eyes may never be opened. So the elders of the town of Black Spring have really virtually quarantined the town. They have this high-tech surveillance that they use to prevent the curse from spreading and also to, you know, make sure no one goes near her. I really liked that element of the story. We'll get to that later. But frustrated with the lockdown situation, the town's teenagers get together and they decide to break the strict regulations and go viral with the haunting. But when they do so, they send the town spiraling into dark medieval practices of the past. Well, I loved the use of technology. So this takes place in modern day and this town is being haunted by this 17th century witch who comes as this like old woman that's just like walks around and her eyes and mouth are sewn shut and people in the modern day have just learned to kind of live around her like if she shows up at their house you know they just cover her with like a a blanket and just kind of ignore her the town has this app where people always know where she is at and they have constant surveillance so they just keep an eye on her and they've just learned to live with this curse and so the teenagers are getting tired of it because 
also, no one can leave this town ever. And it was just, oh, so good. And I thought it dealt with a quote unquote witch hunt in just a very clever way. I thought it was very well done. And there are not a lot of witches in horror fiction. I find that really hard because every time I look at witches in fiction, it's historical fiction or it's kind of, you know, feel good, Alice Hoffman, practical magic kind of stuff. Oh, it's so true. We want to do a witch episode, but we need to find more books before we do that episode. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Oh, man. And this book just dealt with so much. It dealt, I thought, very well with, you know, sins of the father. So sins of the previous generation or generations before you know, punishing the current generation. And something that was really interesting is this book was translated for English from, I think, Dutch. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. I think he changed the ending. I did think the teenagers were weird. The dialogue I was not a fan of, but uh, teenage dialogue for me is very like, I don't know, hit or miss. But in this, I remember saying that they the teenagers listened to like Owl City And I was like, who listens to Owl City? (laughs) No, it's so true. Yeah, I heard that as well, that the ending had been changed. And I think even in the acknowledgments, the author kind of mentions that you can go back and try to read the original in Dutch. And the funny thing is, my boss at work is Dutch and speaks Dutch. So I was so tempted to try to track down a copy and have him read it. But he's pretty conservative. He's in his 60s. and (laughs) I wasn't quite comfortable to give this to my boss, especially considering I won't say what, but considering how the English one ended. If the other ending was anything similar, I wasn't sure if I really wanted to have that conversation with my boss. So I I never did get to find out how the original version ended. Oh, no. I'm sure you could look it up somewhere. I don't know. That's what I figure. I was like, that's what Google is for. I'll just do a big deep dive on the internet and find it out that way. I agree with you. I found the teenagers were pretty teenagery, But for me, I just loved how they dealt with technology. There was something just really fresh about a a story where technology doesn't fail. I've bemoaned before that I'm so tired of everyone's cell phone battery dying and suddenly everyone's phone lines get cut and just the fact that technology just breaks down at the worst possible time. But this story was actually pretty good. The fact is that people still had phones, they had apps, there was talk of like GoPros and YouTube Mm -hmm. and the internet was a thing. So I like that they were able to incorporate those aspects into the story and still make it really scary because I feel like that's the excuse authors always give that, oh, if technology exists, then they couldn't write their story. And I feel like this one proves that no you can have it all i loved that so i'm gonna put this book in the fridge i will say the first half of this book is really slow it's explaining everything you're kind of getting the whole history and the rules and the characters so the first half of this book goes pretty slow i would say the second half picks up double speed (laughs) it is just like crazy and stuff starts to go down so for that reason and the climax and the ending is like what in the world just happened so for that reason i'm putting it in the fridge so that was hex by thomas old hoyvolt and you said you read a lot of short stories this year so do you want to share your favorite with us rachel 
I did. I pretty much insisted that this category <laughs> be in this episode. Let that be clear. So I read so many and I loved a ton of them. But I did narrow it down. If we're only going with one pick each, which yes, I can follow the rules. I went with Deep Into the Skin by Matthew M. Barlett, which if you're looking for it, that's found in the anthology collection Tales from a Talking Board, which is edited by Ross E. Lockhart and actually did come out this year in 2017. This is a story told from the perspective of a tattoo artist who is closing up his shop. He's a bit apprehensive because another tattoo artist in the same town was recently found brutally murdered. And just as he is about to leave his shop for the night, some strange Strangers wander in and attempt to force him to tattoo a Ouija board onto a woman's torso. And the story is so intense. So rating wise, let me say that I would throw this short story right into the freezer. It is easily the most terrifying story I read this year. It was just intense from the first page to the last. And I mentioned that I actually did some rereading before picking this and reading it the second time where I knew what was happening, I knew the story, I was still getting goosebumps the second time reading it. I found myself heavy breathing while I was reading. I think my husband was like, what are you reading? And I was like, this is really scary. And I'll let you know without giving away too much that this book is heavy on body horror. I'm someone who doesn't have tattoos. The idea of Needlework on my body really freaks me out. I'm not scared of needles per se, but I've mentioned anything with like sewing skin or skin being peeled away. Any of that kind of stuff just terrifies me and I love it all at the same time. So that kind of horror just really turns my stomach and I just found so many elements of this book just absolutely gruesome and just gripped me right in. I just adore this book. I would recommend this book to anyone who loves really intense horror and is looking for a book that's going to push them to check out something just really gruesome and grisly and it's not going to be for everyone but if you're looking for a book that actually has a good punch to it it was a story that I would close my eyes and I could still see those scenes so vividly even days after reading it I can still see it now and that again is called Deep Into the Skin by Matthew M. Barlett I love, love the short story. Oh, man. I want to read that book. I know you enjoy some body horror, too, so it's it's a really intense one, but I clearly, clearly loved it. And it's not like a book has to be gruesome and terrifying for it to be a favorite, but a book that has that intensity to it that gives me such a reaction, I think it's a good indication of how much I connect with the writing with the story and an author that can do that to me I give a lot of props to because I do tend to be a kind of desensitized reader I can gloss over some really creepy scenes without giving it too much thought in another story so again I think this guy just really knows how to kind of hit my buttons and just freak me out properly okay so I feel bad because you worked so hard to narrow yours down to one and I have two (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I only have two because one of them is funny. And I thought for a horror podcast, that probably wasn't (laughs) what people wanted. So the first one that I'm doing is The Yattering and Jack. And that's from The Books of Blood by Clive Barker. I don't remember which book of blood, but it's in one of the first three. And this is a funny story (laughs) because it's about a demon that's assigned to a person to haunt. But the person... Jack just seems totally unfazed and the demon is like 
doing all this stuff and like knocking stuff off the walls and the guy's just like you know whistling just putting them back <laughs> he like murders his pet and he just takes his pet out back and buries him and just buys another one and like, nothing this guy is doing is phasing this guy at all <laughs> and like lights are oh, flickering so he's like oh better call the electrician do 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 it was just like <laughs> such a funny story also side note i think you would really like clive barker clive barker does a lot of body horror and the only time i don't really like Clive Barker is when he goes into kind of like a fantasy type thing which you're okay with so I don't know I think he's an author you would enjoy a lot that's good no I definitely need to check him out in the next year because yeah body horror and again you're right I don't mind when things kind of delve into the more science fiction fantasy Mm -hmm. realms I read some of that anyway so it's all good to me and then my not funny (laughs) pick is uh, The Moraine by Simon Bestwick, and this was in the Best Horror Short Stories Volume 4, and these are put out every year, and they're edited by Ellen Datlow, who I think just comes up with really good horror story collections. The story I picked is The Moraine, and this is about a couple that's going hiking in these snowy mountains, and they start to hear strange voices that start misleading them, and of course it starts getting into their relationship, and I just really loved this story. I am not an outdoorsy person by any means. So like stories where people are like hiking or outdoors and like stuff goes wrong. I feel like it's just ammo for me to be like, I don't need to go on that hike. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) This was just such a great story. And if you want to listen to it narrated, I think it's available as an episode of Pseudopod. If you want to download that and listen to like kind of an audiobook version of the story, I highly recommend it. Oh, I have to check out both of those. (laughs) Those sound really fun. Definitely. So Yattering in the Jack, as you can imagine, is a very room temperature story. The Moraine might be, for me personally, might be Freezer. So we did want to talk about some non-horror books that we liked because as much as we love horror, we don't like only read horror throughout the year. So we did want to talk about some other books that were standouts for us this year. And my first one is a very like me book and a not Rachel book. It's called. <laughs> That's okay. You yep. go ahead. <laughs> it's a sense of an ending by Julian Barnes. And it's a very, very short book. I loved it. So it's about this middle-aged divorced man who is suddenly forced to confront an event from his past. And he might not remember things the way that it had happened. He might have forced a narrative that fit what he wanted to believe and how sometimes we have the tendency to do that He runs into someone from his past who basically brings up this thing that happened and he's trying to like go back and try to figure out exactly what happened and he's looking at clues and analyzing the events from like different points of view. And what I love about this story is that you as the reader will also start doing that. And after I read this book, I was talking to other people who had read it and I'm like, okay, but then he said that she waved. And then if she waved, then that means this, right? And you don't, you start going back and looking through like different clues along with him. And it's also starts driving you crazy, which I thought was just done so well. And it had that element that you talked about in Come Closer, where he is kind of the unreliable narrator of his own story, and he knows it, and he's analyzing it, and kind of trying to like, okay, well, what was me, and what was what actually happened? And I thought that was just done really well. And then my second one is more of a Rachel book, and that was Broken Harbor by Tana French. 
love the Dublin Murder Squad series. Me too. (laughs) So the Dublin Murder Squad series, they of course take place in Ireland. And, you know, this is a mystery series. Every book follows a different detective on a different case. So uh, in this one, this takes place after a recession. And the crime is that a family with two small children, they're found murdered in their house. And the detective assigned to this is Scorcher Kennedy. He has the highest solve rate on the murder squad. And he usually has to train the rookies. And he's assigned a rookie named Richie. And I loved this book. I think this was just Tana French hit all the stuff that she does well for me. Thought she dealt with big topics like class and the effects of the recession on a family and a family dynamic like they had. She also deals with, I think, just the interpersonal drama of each detective and also the politics within the murder squad really well in a way that's interesting that I care about. Oh, absolutely. I think that's one of her strongest books. It's kind of the mystery version of those haunted house stories that you love so much. So I can see why you connected with that one. Yes, it was just... uh... Perfect. So how about you? What were some non-horror books you loved? Yes. So the first one on my list is Perfect Days by Raphael Montez, which is a psychological suspense about a sociopathic young medical student who becomes obsessed with a young woman. He attempts to date her. And when that doesn't work out, he decides to kidnap her and they embark together on a road trip from hell across Brazil. And while this book isn't horror, it does have a lot of the dark and disturbing details that I love so much in horror. This is the book I mentioned earlier that really got me down the rabbit hole of horror this year. After reading it, someone mentioned to me, they're like, oh, well, the reason you like that book is because of those body horror scenes. And I was like, wait, what's body horror? And I just had never heard the term before. And now anyone who knows me is sick of me saying the word body (laughs) horror all the time. It's kind of that buzzword I throw out every two sentences. This book, like I said, it is psychological suspense, but there was a few really gruesome scenes with the character's background as a medical student. There's some really disturbing moments and those just worked for me. And they just kind of got me out of my psychological slump where I was just not connecting with a lot of those thrillers lately and I've heard other people describe this book as grim and depressing but personally I describe it as super entertaining it's a slower book but I just loved it I love reading from the perspective of a sociopath and I thought this one was just a lot of fun the other book I want to mention is I'm Thinking of Ending Things by Ian Reid, which is possibly my favorite, favorite book of the year if I could only pick one that I read. And this is a literary suspense about a young couple who embark down an isolated road on a stormy winter night to meet his parents. However, on this road trip, the girl is contemplating breaking up with him and the story goes from there. April, our guest from a previous episode, did talk a little bit about this once. So I won't say too much more, but because it's such a personal favorite. I kind of want an excuse to talk about it one more time. And just to say that it is incredibly atmospheric. It is so suspenseful. It's the kind of book that you will finish it and you will want to start back from the beginning and read it all again. You will want to talk about it with someone. I know you, Stephanie, have now read it since we recorded that previous episode, which makes me so happy. And sure enough, you were messaging me after finishing it. I think you liked it, right? I I was just about to say, it's a book that the minute you finished, you're going to fox or someone. I was like, Rachel, what the heck just happened right now? (laughs) Exactly. And I don't usually get that, like with psychological suspense and all that, it's not usually the kind 
kinds of books you want to like reread and you're just like oh that happened but it it creates so much discussion and it's a book I know I'm going to reread next year. I just need to comb through it again. And while I wouldn't personally call it horror, it definitely has those creepy elements. So oh, I definitely recommend that one to anyone. It's another book I just want to shove in everyone's <laughs> hands and make them read it regardless of what they actually want to it do. It is very close to horror. Like I would almost say that it is horror. It, But it does cross okay. that horror thriller line. It was creepy AF. <laughs> And this time, Rach, I suggest the audiobook. I'm going to put that out there. I will definitely do that. No, I've heard such good things about it. So that's going to happen on my (laughs) reread. Okay, so now we're going to take a dark turn (laughs) and talk about maybe a book that let us down this year. Maybe our most disappointing horror read of the year. So mine, for me, was a book that a lot of people really like. And that, for me, was Revival by Stephen King. And this book just hurt me personally. It broke my heart because of how much I loved it while I was reading it. I thought this was an amazing story. I loved all these characters. They were so complex. There was a lot of literary merit to it. And then I read that last chapter, Rachel. And I read that last chapter and I physically threw this book across the room. (laughs) I was so mad that I don't even own this book anymore. It's sitting in a Goodwill somewhere because I don't even want to look at it anymore. It just made me so angry. (laughs) I was like, you undid everything in that last chapter. How dare you? But like I, you know, follow a lot of people on Bookstagram and people love Revival and they love the ending and I don't understand it. I'm sorry, I despised that ending. Well, speaking of unpopular opinions, I am so scared to even admit my one on the podcast. I guess we kind of alluded to it before, but my most disappointing horror book of the year was It by Stephen King. I know, I know. I saw the trailer for the movie this year and got so excited, so I picked up that mammoth book. I thought I would love it, and I didn't. If I'm honest, I just felt like there was too much filler in the book. I will say that I think the story is really good the idea that Stephen King had but there is just so much in the book that I would cut out and I really really didn't like what King did with Beverly's character there's just a lot of things that I didn't like about that book I don't need to say more let's move along to happier things before you start getting hate mail (laughs) so to go to more positive place we thought we'd mention a few 2017 releases that we didn't read this year but we wish we had so for you Stephanie what was that? For me that was The Devil Crept In by Anya Alborn And she's an author I definitely want to read more of. But this is about a town where young children tend to go missing. And I've heard it has a little bit of a folkloric element to it. Have you, did you read any Anya Alborn? Because I read a novella from her. I read The Pretty Ones and I really enjoyed it. I haven't, but I really, really want to. I've heard amazing things about all Yeah, she's a favorite in the community. I think so. How about you? For me, I picked Haunted Nights by Ellen Datlow, which, surprise, surprise, is a short story anthology. (laughs) But what I like about this one is that every single story in the collection is set on Halloween night, and I just thought that would be so much fun to read. But I did not hear about this book until after Halloween this year, and then I kind of felt like it'd be weird to read it in December. So I'm going to hold off and read it now in 2018. I'll probably now wait until October 2018, but I will read it because I love Love those themed anthology collections and that one just sounds like a really good topic that sounds really good 
Because, yeah, wouldn't that be fun just to read, like, one story a night, like, leading up to Halloween? It's like, the you know, maybe the 12 days of Christmas, but the Halloween version oh. of that. And I don't do, like, the advent calendar <laughs> or like, creepy short stories. I don't know. I'm going to make this a thing. Yeah, let's put it on Instagram. We need to find a hashtag. <laughs> we'll yeah. work on this. Stay tuned. <laughs> so we actually reached out and asked some of our listeners for their favorite books of the year. We allowed them 2017 release or backlist, just like we did. Some of the more popular books were Final Girls by Riley Sager, The Bone Mother by David Dumchuk. Those both got two votes. Kin and Blanky by Keelan Patrick Burke got three votes. Nick Cutter also got three votes with Little Heaven and The Troop. And Anya Allborn Books got four votes with The Devil Crept In, Brother, and Bird Eater. She just cleaned she up. Did. I feel like everyone is talking about her books, and I can't believe I haven't read anything yet. I'm going to change that. So a few other books that only got one vote but are still worth mentioning. Indian Somniac picked My Best Friend's Exorcism by Grady Hendrix. And he also talked about Shiver by Jingjun Itio. I'm probably saying that horribly wrong. I'm sorry, Devin. And Laura Little Pony picked Head Full of Ghosts by Paul Ooh. Tremblay, which I know was one of your favorites from last yeah. year. And I really like this last one, which was The Trench by Steve Alton. And this is part of the Meg series, which is about that horrific sea creature. And that's one that I really want to check out. So I was excited that it made his list. He said that he considers it a horror book because he is deathly afraid of the ocean and sharks the size of small houses are terrifying, <laughs> which I agree with. So I'm here for that. I want to check out that one really bad yeah well you said you were scared of the ocean and drowning and things in the ocean so that sounds like a good fit for you yeah i think that's everything i'm looking for in a book <laughs> so let's talk about some non-bookish things what was your favorite 2017 movie for me that was get out i watched it recently and fell in love with it i just it's such a well-done movie there's no fat on it you know like I was watching it again with my sister and she was trying to talk to me and I was like listen every line of dialogue is important everything is a clue everything is foreshadowing like there is no unnecessary scenes like you need to pay attention and when you watch it again everything takes on a whole new meaning you get the underlying meaning behind what people are saying and aren't saying and it was so smart and well done and uh, it was just such a good movie and a movie that makes you think after you watch it it was amazing and it's not super gory so this is a good movie for people who even don't watch horror because it just does straddle that like thriller horror line but I thought oh my gosh it was so well done have you seen that yet I haven't I know very little about it do you think that would be at my alley it certainly sounds like it everything you're saying I think so I think especially because you like stories that you kind of need to watch again yeah I think you would really enjoy this it's a favorite for sure I will definitely check that one out maybe that'll make my list for next year my pick is a little bit obvious, but I'm doing it anyway because it's my favorite of the year, and that is it. <laughs> so yes, while the book, this is ironic, the book was my most disappointing read, the movie ended up being my favorite. And I'm not going to go into a ton of detail just because we talked about the movie a ton during our book-to-movie adaptation episode. I think we actually had to cut a recording back a little bit because we realized how much of that episode we were just <laughs> talking about it. But I'll just say that I love the new Pennywise. I never 
watched the old one so I wasn't as connected to the original clown and I just love what the new actor could do with his body and I thought the kids were hilarious. It's that great balance between being super funny and still being pretty scary. I jumped at every single jump scare in the movie and I just want to rewatch it so badly. I love that one so much. It was a good one. How about backlist? Okay, so remember earlier when we were talking about horror being a very personal thing and it being different for everyone, that's going to be my case here because I am a Christian. I am bringing a lot of that into this movie. So for me, that was The Witch. This movie I'm saying right now, not for everyone. It is very slow for like the whole first part of it. Also, everyone speaks in old English. I had to watch it with subtitles. It took me two tries to get through it. But yeah, at the ending, let me just say my Christian sensibilities were like shook. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Nice try, Satan. You're not coming after me. No, thank you. (laughs) I was freaking out. And then I I told, like I was explaining to my sister like what it was about. And she was like, "Uh uh-uh, no thanks. Mm -mm, I don't do that. (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) You couldn't get her on board. I was like, oh my gosh. And then this happened and then this happens and she's like nope mm -mm, mm -mm, no thank you (laughs) i've heard really good things about it i don't think it's gonna be my taste for sure so i might let you keep that one but i love the fact that it actually took you two tries to get through but it still ended up being a favorite like it's interesting those books and movies that are just worth you know investing that time and being like no no there's a reason that people say this is amazing yeah well like the first time you know i had it on as background i was working on like show notes or something and i was just looking up every now and then but with the old english like it's a movie you have to pay attention to especially since I had to read subtitles to get through it. So it took me that second time of like, okay, this is a movie I'm going to pay attention to. And it's going to be slow, but people say it gets creepy and it definitely got creepy. Yeah, I've heard people just love that movie. So that's great that you did too. My pick is definitely a backlist. It is an oldie, but it's so good. And I watched Scream for the very first time this year. And very much on your recommendation, you sent me a YouTube clip of one of the scenes where they're talking about the classic elements of a horror movie. And I just fell in love with it and I needed to track it down. I could not get it from my library. Thankfully, I was able to get a Shutter subscription and check it out. So this movie came out back in 96. So again, it's pretty old, but I discovered that I love meta horror. I love teen slashers and this one was just so much fun. We talked about it a little bit after I watched it, but I still think that the first scene holds up really well. The scene with Drew yes. Barrymore, it was just really intense and while it was funny and very much that meta humor to it at the same time it goes to some pretty dark places the scene with the garage door particularly stuck in my mind oh it was intense and I really didn't know how it was gonna end it kept me guessing and yes I will follow up by watching Cabin in the Woods next year so I wouldn't be surprised if that one makes my backlist pick but I just love meta horror, so I gotta check out more of it for sure. Yeah, I rewatched that movie recently and I was like, yes. That first scene definitely holds up. Speaking of non bookish horror stuff, let's talk about our favorite TV show last year Stranger Things. Personally, I loved the nostalgia and visual nods to like other movies of the era. I think, especially in the first season, you get like Nightmare on Elm Street and like you know, the Goonies and E.T. and like all those movies from that era. I'm also a big sucker for groups of kids going on adventure and fighting evil. (laughs) That's another 
Always a good time. That's like a very specific subgenre that I really like. There were a few stories this season that I thought really didn't go anywhere. They weren't necessary. But overall, it was a good second season for, you know, a series that had really high expectations from everyone that was very hyped up. You know, I wasn't disappointed. I completely agree. And that's why it was my pick as well. So we don't have two separate ones for this category. I think the authors took a lot of inspiration in the second season from Lovecraftian horror because the monsters were so epic and had that cosmic scale to them, which I personally really enjoy. I like those more ambiguous monsters. I would rather have it be something kind of a little bit unknown rather than, you know, a very specific kind of creature Mm -hmm. like a zombie so the monsters just worked so well for me it was just such a good mix of yeah the humor but at the same time just being a little bit creepy you know what show i think you would really like black mirror i have not watched i think especially since you like short stories because you know each episode is like a self-contained story so it's kind of like a horror short story in each episode not necessarily horror sometimes it's just like what if and kind of speculative fiction but I think you would really like it. That's actually good to know. Like, I've heard of it, but it's one that hasn't really risen to the top of my list. So I should definitely it's check super that dark. out. super dark. I don't, I don't recommend it to everyone. You definitely have to be a person that can handle a certain amount of darkness and gut punch <laughs> factor in your watching. Good to know. But yeah, I think you would like it. Just because you like short stories and okay. like short fiction like that. No, I like that. So we wanted to talk a little bit about our New Year's resolutions when it comes to reading. So Stephanie, what do you plan to do in the new year? Overall in my reading, I think I want to get over my fear of really long books that intimidate me. And there are a lot of long horror books. Obviously, I did read it. I think I read it this year. And that was you know, a really good experience. So I do have a few Robert McCameron books that I want to get to. I Also, Rachel has inspired me to try more short story collections and anthologies. It makes me so happy. (laughs) Anthologies are just a really good way to find new authors. Like if you're reading a short story and you really enjoy it, you know, finding the author and finding if they have other books out there that you like is a really good way of finding new stuff and new authors. Oh, exactly. And a resolution that we share is we want to read more lady horror. So I mentioned that I want to read more Anya Allborn. You've inspired me to check out Christy Demi. Easter, and I have a galley from Allison Littlewood who also wrote a short story that I really enjoyed. So there's just a lot of ladies I want to check out. And if our listeners want to give us any more recommendations for great female horror writers, I'm all ears. What about you, Rach? Absolutely. My resolution is all lady horror <laughs> all the time. So it's perfect you mentioned with the anthologies that it's a great way to find new authors because that's actually how I found out about Christy Demeester is she was in that same short story collection Tales from a Talking Board and I just loved her writing style which is why I wanted to pick up her novel afterwards and of course love that so I find it's just a really good way to kind of sample different people's writings and see what works for you and while I mentioned that I was having trouble picking a short story collection the one I did pick was by a guy but the other three that I was contemplating were all by ladies. And that comes back to the fact that when I was compiling my list for this episode and looking at the horror books I read, the majority of the horror I read was by men this year. But when I was looking to my favorites, the ones that rose to the top were pretty much all by women. And I think that just speaks to the kind of stories that I connect with. 
I just really like reading from a woman's perspective when it comes to horror. So much of the genre deals with themes of femininity, sexuality, and I just really like a perspective. There's a couple of male authors that I just struggle with how they write female characters, but when I find a female author that just gets me and I really just connect with her voice. I just know that there's so many more favorites out there. And I agree, I need to read some Anya Alburn. I haven't read any of her books and I need to change that. Clearly, most of our listeners love her stories already. And so I need to find out what I'm missing out on. Yeah, I really think you would like her. Just seeing as how much of a favorite she is in the community, I think she's one we'll really connect with. So mixing up a little bit, we want to end the episode by talking about some more creepy things that we are reading at the moment. So my pick is a book I'm currently in the middle of and really enjoying, and that is called Into the Drowning Deep by Mira Grant. And this is one of those stories that could be a bit of a science fiction horror crossover. So again, goes back to the fact that I do read other genres, but I love it. To give you a brief synopsis, seven years ago, a ship set off for a voyage to the Marianas Trench to film a bit of a quote-unquote mockumentary about mermaids, but the entire crew was lost at sea. However, some video footage emerged that appears to show the entire crew being murdered at the hands of some ambiguous sea creatures, and now a new crew is assembled to investigate what happened happened to that ship and all you need to know is this book is about killer mermaids which is amazing. I'll admit this could be super cheesy, but I have started reading it and it's really not. The fact that it has that science background, I feel like grounds the story and gives it a good piece of reality. And so far I'm just really enjoying it. I really want to get back to it. That's what I'm planning on reading today. And again, goes perfectly well with the fact that I'm looking for stories that are set in the ocean. The fact that it's open water, there's sea creatures is just perfect for me. I'm hoping someone starts drowning because (laughs) that's going to play into the scariness. But even from the first scene, the mermaids are absolutely brutal. These are not your Disney princesses. And I have high hopes for this one. So that is Into the Drowning Deep by Mira Grant. Very interesting. (laughs) It's, it's, It's a fun one for sure. I am reading an anthology and it's called New Fears. So I picked this up because I recognized a lot of the names from the authors on it. So I'm hoping that I'll love some of the short stories. And like I mentioned before, you know, find new favorite authors on there. So this collection includes stories by Josh Mallerman, Ramsey Campbell, Christopher Golden, and I mentioned before Allison Littlewood. And I'm really enjoying it so far. I've only read like three stories in it but I haven't been disappointed it's really good I'm so happy that you're reading an anthology my (laughs) evil plan to keep pushing it on you is working so well sure so a note to our listeners if you could think about please giving us a review on apple podcast it does make it easier for people to find us you know we're a pretty new show and the more reviews it has don't ask me I don't know how things like that work but I know the more reviews you have it is easier for people to find and start listening to the show So we are a bi-weekly podcast. We post episodes every other Tuesday and you can find us on Twitter at booksfreezerpod. You can find us on Instagram at booksinthefreezer. Feel free to shoot us an email at booksinthefreezer at gmail.com. And the show notes for this episode and all our episodes can be found at booksinthefreezer.wordpress.com. 
I'm Stephanie. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at lady underscore Ganya. That's L-A-D-Y underscore G-A-G-N-O-N. Or you can see me on YouTube at That's What She Read. And I'm Rachel. You can find me on Twitter at Shades underscore Orange or on YouTube and Instagram at The Shades of Orange. And join us next time for Books in the Freezer. Mm-hmm.